Hey everybody, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name is Jason. This is, of course, episode 172. I say of course because I had to go look it up, because I don't remember. How are you? I am... Well, I'm tired. Ain't even gonna lie, I'm just tired. It's been a long couple weeks, and I'm ready for it to not be a long couple weeks, but uh, it's probably not gonna happen. Anyway, over at the website, since last we spoke, we have some Final Fantasy XII from Scarlet, and we have some Diablo from Scarlet, and Mega Man X Command Mission from me. It's almost done. I also got the Duke Nukem 2 soundtrack added, and I should have an Earthworm Jim soundtrack available by the time you hear this. Uh, if not, it'll be rather quickly. Other than that, not much to speak of. Been kind of quiet. It's a new month, so we have a new monthly from Coolio. He's picked games from Congregate, so ignore everything I said last time. Uh, we have... Well, I have finished my Let's Play. It's not up on the website yet, but it is done. I'll get it uploaded here shortly. Once Mega Man X Command Mission is done, I'm going to move on to something else. Uh, I've got two or three games that are finished and just need to be uploaded, so keep an eye out for something new in a couple weeks, and of course we'll talk about it here when it happens. Other than that, I mean, it's really all there is to say, so let's just move on with our lives.
For a year, the city has been quiet, but a new robotic terror has gripped the city. That scheming scientist, Dr. Cossack, has arrived in town with eight new metal maniacs who are bigger and badder than anything Dr. Wiley dreamed of. It's going to be a cybernetic showdown as the streets of the city erupt with the sizzling sounds of molten metal. Armed with the new Mega Buster, Mega Man runs, jumps, and dodges his way through mazes of metallic munchkins on his way to the Siberian Citadel of Dr. Cossack for the final cataclysmic clash. Man, they don't write boxes like that anymore. That is great. Uh, Mega Man 4, NES, Capcom, 1992. Uh, and, um... When I was a kid, I had Mega Man 2. was one of my first games, uh, Nintendo games. We rented Mega Man 3. Occasionally, we would rent Mega Man 1. I don't recall uh, the video store where we rented our games ever having Mega Man 4. Um, I believe I did play it once or twice when I was a kid. Didn't love it. And uh, to this day, don't really, don't really love it. I consider it to be a good game, but a fairly weak game game and uh you remember what we talked about last time where in Mega Man 3 they added the Doc Robot thing to make the game longer this time they added the Dr. Cossack thing to make the game longer so yeah get get used to hearing me complain about that uh meanwhile 10 episodes whole games there and um nothing from Jade on this one I have to see if he's got any plans to uh show me up he's much better at these these at these games than me
there's a new review for this, and uh, you can buy it new on Amazon right now for $500, or you can get it used for $13.75 at time of this recording. Uh, of course, we're going to do Mega Man 3. Let's see who we got. There's a Psycho Penguin. That's a detail. I don't care about detailed reviews for this game. Um, and you know what? Thinking about detailed reviews, none of them are like, oh, the level design is so amazing and you can do blah, blah. It's like, now the graphics are good and I like the music. Um, Quick reviews. Wow. Well, that one is not anybody we've heard from, but I think we'll read that one. No Xylo. Well, but there is an Office L. <clears throat> and it looks like I might agree with Office L. That's frightening. Let's start with the new one. Fails to meet its full potential due to rushed production. A Mega Man 3 review by Welltall548. Mega Man 3 holds the distinction of being the only classic Mega Man game that feels unfinished. If it had more development time, it could have been one of the best games in the series. Many people already consider it one of the best Mega Man games. I, however, see a rushed and unpolished game that unfortunately misses its potential. This doesn't make Mega Man 3 a bad game. In fact, it's still pretty good and better than Mega Man 2. Although Needleman's theme is pretty grating, most of the music is catchy, with Sparkman's theme being a personal favorite of mine. Many levels look great, particularly Gemini Man and Sparkman levels. There's a huge improvement over 2D's Baron levels. Mega, Man, Mega Man's dog Rush, who is now iconic, is introduced here. The slide maneuver is also introduced here, which greatly enhances mobility. Mega Man's physics are perfected here, and all future 8-bit Mega Man games seem to use them. Unfortunately, it's very obvious that the game was rushed moments into it. There's a glitched bar of pixels on the stage select that stands out like a sore thumb. The fact that the developers couldn't be bothered to fix such an obvious error proves that they didn't have the time or simply didn't care. Slowdown is rampant in Mega Man 3. If there are more than two or three sprites on screen at a time, the whole game goes haywire and the action grinds to a halt. Every level and many bosses have slowdown issues. The Gemini laser weapon slows the game every single time it's used, and I highly recommend playing a version without slowdown, such as the recent Legacy Collection version. The level design is initially much better than in Mega Man 2. The eight Robot Master levels all have unique gimmicks to make them stand out. There are, unfortunately, mul multiple fights against Breakman across these levels, which are ridiculously easy and repetitive. You simply shoot him repeatedly while walking under his jumps. I dreaded his appearance because it meant another fight against him that was no different than before. The level design takes a sharp nosedive after the eight robot masters. You have to go through four dock robot levels, which are remixed versions of previous levels, each containing two robot masters from Mega Man 2. These levels are an enormous difficulty spike and only serve to pad out the game. This is what I, Jason talking, talk about when I say the games just got artificially longer. Everything beyond the dock robot levels feels like it was slapped together at the last moment. You go to Breakman stage, which is just a, one room with another exact copy of his previous fights, and then it's on to the fortress. Every single fortress level is ridiculously short and easy. They're littered with energy tanks and weapon refills to ensure you'll never have a hard time. The final bosses are also pitifully easy, and you'll be sitting on nine extra energy tanks because they're given to you so steadily throughout the fortress. The weapons are thankfully far better than those in 2. The Shadow Blade is a more balanced version of the Metal Blade. The Spark Shop and Talk Spin are unfortunately pretty bad. 
Uh, the Gemini laser is powerful and would be great if it didn't slow down the game. The hard knuckle is very powerful. The magnet missile is very accurate but drains energy quickly. The search snake travels the floor quickly. The needle cannon is a rapid fire buster. Mega Man 3 is a rushed and therefore messy game. The game is still fun and brings improvement to the series, but it could have been so much more if it was given more development time. Reviewers rating 4. Great. Uh, originally posted November 30th, 19... Oh, wait, excuse me. That's the date. Uh, October 30th, 2017. Updated... Oh, wow, just like two days ago. Uh, June 4th, 2018. I wonder what he changed. Um... I can't say I agree with a lot of that. I don't know what he's talking about with that pixel thing. I don't think it's better than Mega Man 2. Uh, I don't think the level design is particularly better. I don't think the robots are better. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I just don't know. It's a well-written review. No problems, but yeah. I thought I would agree with it more, but I don't. Anyway... A Step Forward, a Mega Man 3 review by Alphacil. Please give. Uh, reviewed January 26, 2015. Due to its popularity, Mega Man 2 gave the false impression that it was perfect. While it wasn't, it was a great game, which made gamers eager to try out the next in the series. Mega Man 3 is, like all NES titles of the franchise, a Mega Man game. Wow, identical to the rest. It's the small differences that make all the difference, though, and in this case, the result is unfortunately more annoying than exciting. Story? Not applicable. Once again, Dr. Wily is raging war on humanity with his robots, and Mega Man is the only thing standing in his way. Well, what did you expect, Shakespeare? It's a friggin' Mega Man game. Side note, that is incorrect. That is not the story. Uh, at all. Gameplay, 4 out of 10. Replay value, 1 out of 10. All NES Mega Mans are archetypal run-and-gun platforms. Run from A to B, shoot bad guys along the way, and avoid deadly traps. A fun, simple, and good test of skill. Furthermore, all of them had the exact same mechanics and concept. Choose a level, defeat the final boss dude, take his weapon, hoping that the next battle will become a bit easier with it. But why aren't all titles equally good? Is it the audio-visual differences? The new enemies and weapons? No, it's the freaking levels and challenge. All Mega Man titles, apart from the second one, were tough, yet not all of them in the same way. Mega Man 3 is challenging, but also annoying. One reason is the awful level design, which feels like it was made with Sonic the Hedgehog or Super Mario in mind, instead of a slow, clunky cyborg like Mega Man. Even the new sliding move, which is quite good, isn't particularly useful as it is in the fourth or fifth game, for example. The worst part, though, is how bosses demand the use of the right weapon in order to even stand a chance. It turns the whole experience into an aggravating chore of trial and error. Even its length, twice as Mega Man 2, becomes a curse instead of a bliss, since the player must endure even more bad level design and annoying boss battles. Graphics, 7.5. Design, 5. Sound, 7. Music, 7.5. That's a big bunch. Uh, this looks like every other Mega Man title, which frankly is a good thing because the crystal clear, minimalistic, and colorful cartoonish look works great in the NES. Furthermore, we have some great new catchy tracks to add to the already fantastic music library of Capcom. Capcom excuse me. If there's a flaw, that would be the dull design of levels, even when compared to the second of the series. Also, the soundtrack, while very good, isn't even close to Mega Man 2's perfection, but that's nitpicking. Overall, 5.3 out of 10. 
Obviously, most people won't agree with the score. Many regard Mega Man 2 as an overhyped title and Mega Man 4 the series decline. But in my opinion, both these titles are far superior to this, which mistook frustration for fun. Rating two and a half. While I would say I agree with most of what Officil said, uh, I don't agree that Mega Man 2 was not a good game. Mega Man 2 is as opposed to what Officil says. Mega Man 2, as far as I'm concerned, is near perfect. Um, I mean, he says Mega Man 2 is ridiculously easy. Mega Man 3, I think, is easier until you get to the Doc Robot stages, which uh, Welltall mentioned. The difficulty does spike pretty hardcore, but then it drops down immediately to the Wily stages. Mega Man 2's difficulty stays pretty consistent throughout, and it is a hard game the first couple times you play it, but it gets very easy after that. Mega Man 3 has never really been hard, so there's that. I don't care for the new music um, and the new sound effects. Something in the way the sine waves and all that, the square waves, were all processed, changed between Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3, and I think it was done to allow for more voices, kind of a cheat way to get more voices into the chip, Um, but it just didn't sound as good to me. Graphically, it looked very similar. Some things like Hard Man just looked weird because he was so much bigger sprite-wise than everybody else. It it almost looked like they tried to add a lot of extra detail to him, and it it didn't work for me. Uh, Mega Man 3, I think, is a fine game. I don't think it's as good as 2. Uh, but yeah, eh, eh, well, you gonna, eh.
Our lead story in the news this week is simply called Oops. On May 1st, as airmen of the 91st Missile Wing Security Forces traverse the gravel back roads of North Dakota between two of the nuclear missile launch sites that they are charged with protecting, the back hatch of their truck fell off, allowing a 42-pound metal box of explosive grenade rounds to fall out. Despite deploying more than 100 airmen to walk the entire six-mile route the team had driven, the Washington Post reported on May 15th the ammunition still hadn't been found. The Air Force's Office of Special Investigations has offered a $5,000 reward for information leading to the recovery of the box and has alerted local farmers and oil field vendors in the area that the box could be dangerous if damaged. Great job. Animal antics in Lodi, California... Talking about Lodi again. A small black cat took up residence on May 11th on a high ledge near a large outdoor sign of a Chili's restaurant and thwarted attempts by management, who self-identified as cat people, to be rescued. As customers took pictures, Restaurant Cat, as it came to be known, stared down calmly. KTXL-TV reported that. But when Chili's employees used ladder to try and reach it, the cat climbed beyond the neon chili pepper and wouldn't come out, so they left food and water. Presumably, it's keeping the pigeons away. Way to go, Chili's. You stole our idea. We had Porch Cat long before you had Restaurant Cat. Meanwhile, in Perth, Australia, another restaurant had taken a novel approach to a different animal problem. Customers at Hillary's Three Sheets are being offered water guns to shoot at seagulls, which have been ruining diners' waterfront meals. It's too bad, owner Toby Evans told Nine Network Television on May 16th, admitting the idea was, quote, a desperate measure. Before they'd wait until customers had finished and got up, now they're getting cheekier and cheekier. Customers are on board, saying the pistols are working. Maybe they need a restaurant cat of their own. Our next story's But Why? Making good on his promise, Welshman Mark Williams, 43, celebrated his third World Snooker Championship by conducting the post-match news conference at the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield, England, in the buff. I would like to mention that this is not a third hyphen world, it's third world. This is his third championship, not championship of the third world. Uh, Williams, who beat John Higgins of Scotland on May 7th, is the event's oldest winner in 40 years, Reuters noted. I'm not going to say anything stupid, but to be honest, if I won this next year, I'd cartwheel down here naked, Williams promised. But why? And the Daytona Beach International Airport was briefly evacuated early on May 11th when John Greenwood, 25, caused a ruckus as he rode around the baggage carousel in the nude, trying to get out onto the tarmac, reported News 4 Jacks. A uh, sheriff's deputy shocked him with a taser, to which he responded, We gotta get out of here. There's a bomb gonna go off. I planted a bomb in the bathroom. After sweeping the airport, officials found no explosives, but uh, Volusia County Sheriff Mike Chitwood said they did find Greenwood's clothes in a backpack hidden in a hole in the bathroom wall. Why would that be there? Described by Chitwood as a frequent flyer, Greenwood is known to local law enforcement, and he admitted taking drugs on Thursday night. He faces several charges after the incident. Our next story, an easy way out, and like any resourceful mom, Johanna Gilshal Sandstrom of, ooh boy, Kirkult, Sweden, made lemonade out of lemons after she discovered a spelling error in her newly acquired tattoo. Sandstrom had asked the tattoo artist to entwine the names of her two children, Nova and Kevin, on her arm, and it wasn't until she arrived home she realized the tattoo read Kelvin instead of Kevin. 
My heart stopped, and I thought I was going to faint, Sandstrom told local newspaper a blinkage lands tidning. Removing the tattoo would require multiple treatments, she learned, so Sandstrom decided instead to change her two-year-old son's name to Kelvin. The Independent reported on May 16th. When I thought about it more, I realized that no one else has this name, she said. It became unique. Now, we think it's better than Kevin. Well, except for that Kelvin guy, who the uh, temperature reading is named after. Our next story, weird science. For two years, Kendra Jackson of Omaha, Nebraska, had a box of pups everywhere I went due to constant sneezing, coughing, and nose blowing that started after she hit her face on the dashboard during a car accident in 2013, she told KETV. Multiple doctors told her allergies were the cause, but eventually she was diagnosed with cerebrospinal fluid leak. Her brain fluid was leaking into her nasal cavity at the rate of about half a pint a day. In early May, Nebraska medicine rhinologist Dr. Christine Barnes plugged the small hole between Jackson's skull and nostril with her own fatty tissue, giving Jackson the relief she had been seeking for years. When it says her own fatty tissue, is that Kendra's fatty tissue or Christie's fatty tissue? That would be strange. Six, our next story of aww, six baby squirrels in Elkhorn, Nebraska found themselves in a sticky situation when their tails became tangled in tree sap and knotted together in their nest. When a man noticed what looked like a six-headed squirrel cluster moving around in the tree, wildlife expert Laura Stansney Executive Director of Nebraska Wildlife Rehab got the call. Stastony told the Omaha World Herald that her group sees a case like this every year, so she covered the squirrels with a towel to calm them and snipped the fur that held them together. Next in Let Me Get My Checkbook News, the owner of a 15,000-square-foot condo on the 45th floor of the swanky Atelier building in Manhattan is offering the 10-bedroom, 11-bathroom property for sale for $85 million, according to WNBC. It feature, features excuse me, the expected appointments, marble bathrooms, granite kitchen with stainless steel appliances, but a steep price tag also includes some extras, such as two Rolls-Royce Phantoms, a Lamborghini, courtside season tickets to the Brooklyn Nets, a summer mansion in the Hamptons, a million-dollar yacht, live-in butler service, and two tickets for a trip to outer space. You know what's not driving the price up is those Nets tickets. Uh, Bright Ideas. A 47-year-old woman from Adrian, Michigan, lost her job after she brought laxative-laced brownies to a co-worker's going-away party on May 3rd. Another employee of MMI Engineered Solutions in Saline tipped off company officials who called police. The baker initially denied putting anything in the brownies, but came clean after being told the brownies could be forensically tested. Saline Police Chief... Uh... Don't care. Not an alert on my phone. Saline Police Chief Jared Hart told the Ann Arbor News that there had been tension between the baker and the guest of honor, but the nature of the spat was not clear. Quote, A lot of times you see it in movies or TV shows where someone tries to do this or play a joke, but it's very serious, Hart said. It's a criminal act. The woman, however, was not charged since no one ate the treats. Oh, that's the ultimate insult. Sydney Bouvier-Gilstrap-Portley... Whew. Uh, 25, was arrested on May 11th in Dallas after scamming his way into two Dallas high schools in an apparent effort to relieve his bas- relive his basketball career. Excuse me, Gilstrap Portley was charged with posing as a 17-year-old student at Hurricane Harvey 
and, excuse me, Hurricane Harvey evacuee so he can play high school basketball. As Dallas schools welcome students displaced by the hurricane, Gilstrap Portly first enrolled at Skyline High School and then at Hillcrest High School. Does everywhere have a Skyline and a Hillcrest? There are both schools in the area with that name, where I live. Uh, where he was a star on the team and dated a 14-year-old girl. Ew. In fact, high school coaches voted him Offensive Player of the Year. The Dallas Morning News reported that a former coach spotted him in a tournament and alerted Hillcrest's coach that he graduated, quote, a time ago. Our final story this week, awesome! Matthew and Maria Colonna Emanuel of Staten Island knew about the silver box partly buried near some trees in their yard for years, but they thought it was a candle box. But when they decided to replace the trees, they discovered the box was a safe. And it was full of treasure. In early May, the Emanuels found them found thousands of dollars along with, quote, jewelry, diamonds, engagement rings, said Emmanuel, uh, Matthew Emanuel. It was stunning. They also found an address, which linked them to nearby neighbors. The New York's uh, police department told CBS New York that it indeed... The Emanuel's neighbors were robbed in 2011 of a safe with items totaling about $52,000. The couple returned the safe and its contents to the crime victims who were thrilled. Quote, it wasn't even a question, said Maria Colonna Emanuel. It wasn't ours. That was very nice. So good job. Good job.
note them. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. That is the show for the week. I do hope you enjoyed it. Uh, of course, I want to tell everybody you can find the show on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and all those places. Uh, all the old episodes, playlists, and everything else. If you can't see them in the, the comment, description, whatever section of where you're listening to this now, you can find on the forums at lowbiasgaming.net where you can leave comments and all of that amazing stuff. It's not amazing. It's amazing. I uh, want to also just take a moment to let you know if you would like to support the show at um, even just a buck or two a month, if that works great for you, we do certainly appreciate it. You can do so. Patreon.com slash Jason's Groove Machine. And uh, it helps. Every little bit helps, because uh, the less time I have to spend doing other stuff, the more time I can spend doing this. Which, uh, you know, I would I would kind of rather do this most of the time. Wouldn't you? Sure. Thanks for listening. Be on the lookout for Roll Film this week. We've got a couple of weeks' worth of new movies ready to go and a couple of weeks' worth of new movies we still have to talk about and then, uh, of course, record. Uh, I'm going to go and have a little bit of a rest and mow my lawn because it is that time and it's very hot. So I will uh, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Taking the piss when we say thanks for all the AIDS And the bombs and the guns and the nuns and the bombs on the trains Thanks for all the AIDS And the lies and the wives of the guys who be dying in spades Thanks for all the AIDS And the crap TV and for me and for bringing on the plague Thanks for all the AIDS One more fucking time Thanks for all the AIDS And the bombs and the nuns and the guns and the bombs on the trains Thanks for all the AIDS And the floods and the bloods and the drugs and the banning all the Brought to you by...